0: Hello, Buglers. Hello, uh, welcome. Uh, welcome to the, uh, the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, now, this uh, is the inaugural uh, Northern Hemisphere Festival of the Podcastic Arts. And if you're aware of this, uh, this is one of the shows. Many of the other uh, highlight shows uh, also coming out here at the Leicester Square Theatre include the hit new podcast, My Bad Breakfast, in which celebrities tell all about disappointing morning meals... Uh, this week, David Letterman recalls dropping a freshly cooked wa- omelette on the floor, whilst Martina Navratilova recounts how a broken toaster and an empty packet of cornflakes nearly cost her the Wimbledon title in 1990. <laughs> There's a new episode of The Lamp Post, a minute-by-minute retelling of a day in the life of a lamp post, <laughs> starring Sir Ian McKellen as a man looking at a newspaper under the light of the lamp post, narrated by Selena Gomez, with music by the Skegness Philharmonic. <laughs> And a new podcast from Prime Minister Theresa May, live here at the Leicester Square Theatre, exploring the trials and tribulations of being a national leader, attempting to navigate her country's way through a logistical, political and economic minefield. That show entitled, Holy Fucking Shit! What the F*** Am I Going to Do Now? And why are all these s***s being such And will someone please make it stop? Uh, gotta have a catchy title in podcasting these days. With uh, special guests Nick Faldo and the Pointer Sisters. and. Also, the sixth episode of the new hit false crime drama podcast, Why Trevor Ate That Ferret. Uh, This week, as police run DNA tests on the remnants of the ferrets, Trevor's argument with Noreen about the best ketchup to use on a rodent spiralled into a minor military scrap between their respective militias, whilst Elon Musk promises to have sex with a ferret in space, whilst vomiting on a photograph of war hero and nursing pioneer Edith Cavell just to see how people react on social media. But first... (laughs) The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. It's always slightly too long, that pause there. So hello, Buglers! And uh, welcome to London, England, UK, and for the next six months, Europe, the Northern Hemisphere, and the solar system. We're going to get out, and we're going to get properly f-ing out. I'm Andy Zaltzman. This is The Bugle Live from the Leicester Square Theatre, doubling up as issue 4080 of the world's leading and only audio newspaper for, for a world of increasingly visual uh, visuality. Uh, 4080, this episode, of course, named in honour of the lengths in minutes, respectively, of half a rugby match and a whole rugby match. Uh, 48 is also a new and somewhat unfair format of cricket. And... uh, It is worse if one person claps than no one, but I do appreciate your gesture. And uh, 4,080, by coincidence, also what scientists now consider to be the optimum number of referendums to hold to get a truly accurate picture of the will of the people. Um, uh, Also, 4,080, the number of scientists it takes to change a light bulb into a space rocket. Um, And uh, the personal best, 4,080, of the ex-North Korean bigwig Kim Jong-Il at darts. And the number to which psychologists have advised that Donald Trump counts before pressing tweet. So, this is, ah, oh, the music's come to an Enough time, that quite well, though, Chris. Uh, this is uh, oh. Thursday, the 13th uh, of September, 2018. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Zachariah Zoltzman, uh, father of renowned podcaster Helen Zoltzman, <laughs> renowned non podcaster Richard Zoltzman, and professional decathlete Andy Zoltzman. Um, I'm freelance, and I won't deny it, business is far from booming. Uh, in the decathlon trade. On this day, in 1501, Michelangelo began work on his smash hit, platinum-selling sculpture, <laughs> David. There he is in all his glorious... Sorry. ...glory or for a... It's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for our listeners uh, listening at home... Uh, the uh, testicle is the one that next to the other testicle. Um, uh, <laughs> so this, of course, is David, or for our Australian listeners, Dong Out Devo. Uh So, yeah, on this day, 1501, so what's, uh, what's that, 517 years ago today, old Mickey Chisels himself sat down with a new slab of marble and thought to himself, oh, I wonder what's inside this one. Could it be a tree? Could it be a dragon? Could it be a fully clothed person doing something normal? Could it even be a dog playing snooker? Well, my money is on another hot nudie dude with his plonker and plums out. Seems to happen so often with my bits of marble. Um, On this day in uh, 1788, the Philadelphia Convention set the date for the first ever presidential election in the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's not gone too well since then, but... uh, So that was 13th of September, 1788. And on the 14th of September, 1788, a $250 million attack ad campaign claimed George Washington had secretly agreed to sell Washington, D.C. to the Aztecs in exchange for a barrel of vodka and was, in fact, a Hindu woman called Puki from Bulgaria. Plus, ça change. And uh, do you know what happened on this day in Britain in 1752? That is the correct answer. Because this day in 1752 did not exist the British Empire skipped from the 2nd of September to the 14th of September as they got down and hit with the youngsters and started using the Gregorian calendar. (laughs) What a calendar that is. Who here loves the Gregorian calendar? Oh yeah! Take that, Julian, you inaccurate time-hoarding piece of shit! (laughs) 10.8 minutes per year too long, what kind of calendar is that? I don't want to wait an extra 648 seconds for Christmas. Uh, Most of Europe uh, had adopted um, the uh, Georgian calendar uh, 170 years previously, which just goes to show, butt out Brussels, let Britain make its own time. (laughs) Now, uh, as always, uh, some sections of the bugle are going straight. They're going going, where? Uh, Good point, well made. Um, in the what, what was that? Uh, hey, Sorry. I'm sending secret messages to friends. S- sending secret messages to friends? Oh, like what? this? Like well, that episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and the coffee? All oh, right, okay. So is this something that they're going to be listening to elsewhere? All yeah. oh, right, okay. Could you not just send them a f- email? <laughs> 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 or at least just use the shipping forecast on the Radio? I thought it's amazing what you can get slipped into that if you know the right people. Um, <laughs> Um, I lost a lot of money on the shipping forecast last week. Um, does, does, anyone, does anyone else gamble on the shipping forecast? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fucking
0: hell. North at Sierra. Bloody hell, that Rising Slowly written all over it. I thought, <laughs> f***. South, southwesterly little shit. Now, um, uh, in the bin. <laughs> that was uh, a little excerpt from a... a Almost 20-year-old bit of stand-up that just came back in made head. Um, <laughs> happy days. Uh, um, um, in the bin this week, uh, keep fit section. Um, who here is uh, attempting to keep fit at the moment? Uh, very few of you. Good. The rest of you heroes. Uh, we already can't afford pensions. The last thing we need is people living longer and healthier lives. But uh, if you are into that, uh, we review the latest uh, uh, keep fit accessories, including the Breeze Block bandana. Um... Really works up your neck muscles. Uh, the uh, Trampo Clean, uh, which is a. Uh, you bounce up and down whilst doing the dishes on the Trampo Clean. You simply <laughs> place your Trampo Clean next to the sink and then wash and dry your dirty crockery and glassware whilst giving yourself a good bit of a boing. And uh, that burns up more calories than death. <laughs> uh, also, uh, very good for your fitness, barking. Um, have you ever wondered why you never see a dog in a hospital? That's because barking is the healthiest activity known to humanity. Just ten bouts of barking at a real, perceived, or imagined threat to yourself, home, owner, or sense of normality can burn off more calories than being a gladiator, um, and also opens up your epifrontals and lungal tubulars good and proper. Um, and uh, also, bark! <laughs> bark! it's got to be a better bark. That's not that shouting bark. That is not. Put some fucking effort in for f***s sake. <laughs> that's the problem if you uh, you train a dog using um, subtitles. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> those sections in the bin. That's a lovely jingle. That I think that's my favourite one of the. Uh, okay, yeah. How many have you got all, all together? I've only got uh, five with me today. All oh, right. Uh, but we, we can sort of talk through each one of you like and review them. <laughs> well, I hope to get through all five four, at some point. That was number four. That was number four. Yeah, Note that one. Right, okay. Five stars. Right, I mean, this could be the new Bugle bingo. Yeah. Which jingle is going to be used? Um, so, right, it's time to meet our uh, Bugle guests for this week's Bugle. Are you ready to meet the Bugle guests? Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, that avoided <laughs> an awkward pause. Uh, <laughs> So a uh, great place to welcome uh, our two guests back uh, to the show. Firstly, give it up for our fantastic comedian been on the Bugle several times, been fantastic on it. It's Tiffany Stevenson. <laughs>
1: I just enjoyed that standing there while the music continued <laughs> to play. I felt like I had to participate in some kind of weird like British dance. You know, like who are the guys with the jingly bells? What are they called? Druids. <laughs> the <it> Morris dancers. <laughs> a Morris dancer. It's it s- Morris. such a fine
0: line, isn't it? The Morris dance <laughs> and the druid.
1: I like a Morris dancer because everyone was clapping and I was like, oh, I look like I should be serving beers. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, hi. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, you, Chris. Um, early doors. F- you, tiff.
0: I thought you said Eucharist. (laughs) um, Going in hard early on. Um, (laughs) And now, to represent the entire Southern Hemisphere (laughs) and all of the Pacific Ocean and surrounding lands, is the wonderful James Nakise!
2: Yeah. The entire Pacific. I'm still giggling from the dude who heckled you by going, Bark! Bark! (laughs) It's the most British thing I've seen since I've
0: been here. (laughs) Bark, I say. Right, I think we're uh, ready for top story, Chris. Uh, Top story this week. Well, uh, we have to start here, really. It's uh, Brexit again, the latest (laughs) from the... uh, (laughs) So what I mean, what the f- is going on? Uh, Tiff is our uh, northern hemisphere <laughs> correspondent. <laughs>
1: um, as as a spokesperson for women, uh, <laughs> see, look, Theresa. Um, I I believe at the moment, it, Teresa's on her way out. They're saying that they need she needs like uh, like 48 signatures for a vote of no confidence. Where for me to just have a vote of no confidence, I just look at myself in a bikini. Um, <laughs> it seems an unfair comparison. But we are... I know that Boris is kind of angling to get in, isn't he? Uh, but I think there are a couple of things that have just come to light that we really need to look out for in Brexit. Uh, number one, they're talking about there being a sperm shortage. So someone over there just went, hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> weird, weird response. Um, I'm thirsty, you. Uh, so, <laughs> And roaming charges is the other big one. So you've obviously heard about this, that the, yeah. fo- the mobile phone charges... We're going to have roaming charges in the EU, which is outrageous. That's going back to the Dark Ages. I'm to be a beach in Spain and accidentally download a meme of a kid doing a booty shake at a pageant and get charged £87. <laughs> <laughs> These are the real issues.
0: Well, I mean, it I mean, why were we not told, before we voted, that there might be adverse consequences <laughs> to <laughs> Brexit? I, mean, I mean, we were told about them, but why were we not told about them? I think... <laughs> I mean, this this puts it all in perspective. As consumers, we will actually have to check with our mobile phone operators what their policy on roaming charges is. I mean, why the f*** are we finding this out now? I mean, that that could take up to five... minutes. I think that could have swung eight to ten million voters if we'd...
1: So easily. And I suppose in some ways it does prevent dick pics. But... um, (laughs) Or should we say international dick pics? (laughs) (laughs) Foreign
2: dick pics? Has most of the sperm been coming from Europe?
1: Apparently. Yes. I didn't even know. I was like, is it for animals? But I believe it's for humans. Because um, I was like, I can understand, you know, if there's farms that have... Like, we've got this bull and he breeds great cows, uh, so we need that, that bull sperm. Or, or horses. <laughs> and the process of... If you have a, a stud... This is so gross because a friend of mine used to have horses. If you have a horse, they you bring the horse, you bring the mare around, they mate it, they try and get them frisky. But also, if you are someone who generates... <laughs> horse jizz for a living. I don't know how else to describe it. You have to keep their penises clean, so you have to like rub them with baby oil and other awful things.
0: Well, of course, otherwise it would be disgusting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or chafey for the horse, I don't know, um, but yeah. Well, I and mean, this
0: is why we voted for Brexit, because a lot of those jobs are now taken up by Eastern European <laughs> horse wankers, and British kids are not getting the opportunity to toss off farm animals.
1: Coming over here, taking our wanking.
0: Coming over here, giving manual relief to our horses and cows.
2: I reckon if you wank off a horse, then your mates get to buy you a beer at every drinks you go to. (laughs) Because no matter how bad one of your mates has had a bad day, you haven't wanked a horse.
1: (laughs) Do you know what one of the other ones is? I'll tell you the other shock thing that might happen. Uh, just in case you're not aware, is they're saying that UK driver licences may no longer be valid. Have you ever driven around the Arc de (laughs) Triomphe? Thank you very much. (laughs) It's the most terrifying thing that you can do. I went with my friend, uh, Judy. She's from Manchester, insisted on speaking French the entire time. She'd be like, Où est le syndicat d'initiative? That kind of thing. (laughs) Excusez-moi. And I had to explain there's a reason Franconian is not a language. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we got to the hotel. She was like, is there a is there toilet? Is there a toilet in the room? What's the French re-en-suite? <laughs> 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 so, uh, so she drove in a smart car. It was the most terrifying thing we've ever done. Uh, round the Arctic de Tri- There's no lanes and everyone just goes. There's no, like, give way to the right. Like, which... Ironically, France pretty much have. Um, (laughs) Just thought that out. That's such a good joke. Just keep that forever. Uh, But yeah, you just go to the roundabout and everyone just goes for it. And I was like, it's a good job this isn't a higher car because I've now upholstered all the seats with brown. Um, So it's scary.
0: And another... I mean, we keep seeing these consequences we weren't told about. Um, Weatherspoon's pubs um, have announced that we... We will no longer be able to order Jaeger bombs.
1: I think we should have a minute's silence yeah. for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's great, isn't it? It's the Russian doll of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a drink within a drink. It's like Inception, and um, in that similarly it involves a nightmare dreamscape, and you don't, <laughs> you don't remember how you got there, how you're going to get home, and why is your ex-boyfriend following you? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, this, yeah, because it's a European drink, the, Ye- the Jaeger bomb. Uh, and I always thought uh, Jaeger bomb was a very concise two word summary of the 1983 Wimbledon women's singles final <laughs> when the uh, promising young star Andrea Jaeger went to pieces in a I believe a six love six three defeat to Martina Navratilova um <laughs> But it wasn't, it's not that. It wasn't that like the Jaegerman was in fact developed during World War I to be dropped from Zeppelins into the British trenches to get our Tommies absolutely hammered. So the...
2: <laughs> it's not exactly a great, like, brave move for Wedderspoons, is it? Like, if they get rid of, like, all the foreign liquids, like, from Europe, then you're going to be able to drink bad wine, flat beer, and shitloads of cider. <laughs> like, every fucking Wedderspoons I've ever been into. <laughs>
0: other Brexit news uh, because of the Brexit vote the countryside is now almost completely devoid of hedgehogs yes um, it's a prickly prickly I mean, subject mo- I, I don't yeah, know if there's yeah. necessarily a causal a causal link here I mean this is I mean is this the kind of future that we're I mean, d- who here voted did anyone here vote leave <laughs> no? and, but I mean who here voted remain but and who here voted remain in order to keep hedgehogs in the countryside me yeah, there you go. I mean, this was largely a hedgehog-based, uh, based vote. Uh, I mean, there is another interpretation for this, and that is that hedgehogs are getting run over less because they have a greater will to live because of Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, yeah, I mean, you mean, treasure the notion of British independence. And, I, don't, I don't. just think they're going to get the country back when you guys all leave.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, at least
0: we've <laughs> got some indigenous mammals. Well, yeah bats in new zealand honestly I mean, hey, we've got we've got a kiwi it's like <laughs> it's not a mammal no, it's that's a, a flight. i mean
2: the fly- it's barely a bird it must be a <laughs> mammal surely it's the worst bird you've ever seen in your life you can't even see it because it's only around at night like the kiwi, everyone's like oh the kiwi but it's
1: it's the bird all the other new zealand birds told to f- off like i uh, actually thought it was the fruit you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> genuinely i was like <laughs> it's doing a bit because it's a fruit <laughs> is that an actual bird? Yeah, we've got, like... Uh, yeah, it's behind no, you. It there it's we hot. go. Look, Look at that.
2: that. There we go. Swift yeah, work, like, But is it? Is it a bird? Or is it a piece of fruit which is really pissed off?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a weird thing that happens in New Zealand where people who are, like, uh, like, sort of the supremacists, I guess, our, our UKIP versions, they'll keep going, oh, there's too much celebration of, of uh, Pacific and Maori culture or other people coming in. We're proud Kiwis. And no one's had the heart to tell them that Kiwi is a Maori word. <laughs>
0: On which subject, this seems like a perfect segue into Pacific News now... (laughs)
2: the traditional call of the New Zealand Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in Pacific News, uh, on, on this date, uh, uh, in 1999, uh, 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 I believe, uh, Tonga uh, and Kiribati and Nauru uh, all came uh, into, uh, the, into the UN uh, from the Pacific. Uh, but also, uh, it's all kicking off in Nauru, uh, which some of you may know is the, is the country most famous for being Australia's uh, not-quite-legal jail. It's <laughs> um, like Kiribati, you probably go, what's that? You, you'd probably see it on a map as Kiribati. Uh, and a lot of people I've talked to today have said, oh, you should spell it the way it sounds. And I'm like, it's Thursday. Um, <laughs> but no, Nauru had a recently the Pacific Island Conference going on there. Uh, and uh, it, it was a bit interesting because Nauru picked a fight with China. Uh, that, that is bold. Isn't that's it? a bold <laughs> move. Uh, for scale reference, Nauru is about the size of a Chinese traffic island.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk about David versus Goliath. What we see here is essentially that little shrivelled David's penis versus Goliath. <laughs> like,
2: like it was there was, it is. Yeah, Look at yeah. that. David's penis. Well, it's That's all right. That. He
0: was at work. He was focusing on the job. <laughs> I don't, I don't quite know how
2: I've ended up comparing the country of Nauru to an Italian penis. But, <laughs> but look, it's a very
0: well-sculpted penis. It's a very well-sculpted
2: penis. Uh, what happened was there was a specific conference that uh, the Nauru president, whose name, I kid you not, is Baron Walker... Um, he, he wouldn't let the Chinese come in on their diplomatic passports, when they come in on their normal passports, and then he wouldn't let them speak when they were supposed to speak, uh, and a lot of people think that this is because uh, they backed Taiwan. Nauru is one of six nations that backed Taiwan. They wanted to throw some muscle around, which kind of shows you the inequality, because China's kind of got uh, the U.S. and Russia and Australia uh, backing their rule over Taiwan, and, and Taiwan's got Nauru. Uh, (laughs) So it's kind of got to increase their posse. Uh, There was a very interesting uh, result of this is uh, nothing, really. Nothing. (laughs) Because, like, Nauru picking a fight with China is like your two-year-old brother, like, pissing on your leg. Like, you're annoyed, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> like, China doesn't like... New Zealand can't even get involved because like, our Prime Minister went over and tutted. That's her, that's her power move. Uh, but we can't send our Air Force because we sold it.
1: Um, what, <laughs> what if... So you have a flightless China's... Air
0: Force as well as a flightless uh-huh. national bird. Yeah, it's
1: very
2: on brand. It's very on brand.
0: <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound, why not?
2: <laughs> um, in, in slightly crazier New Zealand news, and very close to home from my home city of Wellington... A, um, a stoned man has broken into uh, Wellington Zoo uh, and got beaten up by tiny monkeys.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> kia, ora, kia ora, to that brother. Uh, in, my, in my home city of Wellington, uh, John Casford, 23 years old, almost died after he slunk into... <laughs> uh, after he snuck into Wellington Zoo at a, uh, what the the news people are saying is a uh, non-secure gate, which in New Zealand we call a gate. He was, uh, he admitted, uh, this is what I love about the country, he admitted he was high as a kite uh, and he had it in his mind that he was going to catch one of the zoo's squirrel monkeys. It turns out the squirrel monkeys had different ideas about colonialism. (laughs) And so he didn't know uh, what... The judge, this is the great thing, is that the judge, uh, Bill Hastings, because, of course, his name's Bill Hastings, he said, I don't know what happened in the squirrel monkey enclosure. Uh, The squirrel monkeys know, uh, but you you, you couldn't find them, and I don't speak squirrel monkey. Uh, that That is an official
0: ruling from a New Zealand judge. I mean, that, I guess, tells you everything you need to know about New Zealand, that a judge has basically dispensed a ruling like that, that essentially says nothing that happens in this country matters at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just having a little bit of fun.
2: We, we had if, avocado crime a couple of years ago. Uh, but oh this really? is the level of New Zealand crimes going on.
1: Have <laughs> you been to a cafe in London? Sorry, there's plenty of avocado crime happening there. <laughs> it's extortionate, I'm just saying. It's what? the reason millennials can't buy houses.
0: That's right. It's, it's the opium of the 21st century.
1: <laughs> well, that was the sync-up,
2: is that because of the, the demand in cafes, gang members, like genuine patched gang members, were driving into avocado orchards with their gang patches on in a truck and just, like, standing on the truck and picking av- avocados off her, and then getting
1: caught by the police with, like, gang members. Like. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're from the pear crew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't come for us. I wonder if one of, one lot of, like, the rival... Were there rival gangs? I want oh, there to oh be yeah, rival yeah, No, gangs. We've,
2: we've got more than one. We've got more <laughs>
1: than one. What's <Yeah. laughs> up yeah. we'll with
2: the New Zealand gang?
1: Yeah. <laughs> See, my mum said that she used to do it with apples when she was a kid. They call it scrumping, um, that you would go and, like, just sort of sneak apples off trees. And I don't know what the law is. Is the law if they're, like, hanging out onto public property?
0: I mean, it's a, it's a great British tradition, scrumping. I mean, we essentially scrumped, I believe... Uh, all the food in India during a famine, <laughs> and the potato crop of Ireland. So, just just a British thing that we like to do every now and again. <laughs> Apple surprised consumers and investors alike at its annual launch of new products uh, this week, announcing we couldn't be asked this year. Obviously, the technology is already way way more than anyone could possibly actually need, and we just can't be asked. We've reached the point where further progress is just really wanking into a bucket mark future. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) I'm glad you like that line. You know, I edited it out and then put it back in because I wasn't sure about it. Um, A couple of upgrades have been announced. The response time between a text arriving and an alert tone activating has been reduced from two ten thousandths of a second to one point three ten thousandths of a second, which for the average user will save anywhere up to 3.5 seconds per millennium. Um, And some new products. The eye patch, which covers the eyeball. um, (laughs) The screen spewing mindless social media directly into the brain of the wearer. um, And the new frontal eye lobe, inserted into the brain that tells your brain what consumer gadgets it should be lusting after. And the iWeeWee, which is (laughs) part tribute to the controversial Chinese artist and part bladder control device, the iWeeWee wirelessly measures the amount of liquid in the wearer's bladder, then sends two uh, emails or text messages, one to the user's iPhone, telling him or her that he or she may, without being judgmental, need to urinate within the next 30 to 60 eye minutes. And... uh, (laughs) One to the Chinese government telling them that their human rights record does not cohere with the i values of Apple as an eye business. <laughs> Followed up by winking emojis and a hashtag saying, uh, hashtag still want access to your 1.3 billion person market. This is the,
2: the, the new phone coming out. They're like, this one's even bigger. It's our biggest one. And it's like, is it an iPad? And they're like, no, no, it's, but it's almost. <laughs> Like, they're taking us for a ride. Because, like, do you guys remember when the phone, the new, this is the newest one, it's our smallest one yet. Yeah. And they're like, this is the newest, it's our biggest one. I reckon we're going to get to iPad. And then they go, all right, it's a newer one, and it's smaller. I'm like, (laughs) ah.
1: Well, they've stopped even numbering them anymore. They're just calling them XS Max, you know, instead of using, instead of using numbers, it's XS Max. And I think there's another one, XR. XR Max, Max Triple X, I don't know. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like I'm waiting for iPhone with a vengeance. That's the one that I'm really <laughs> looking forward to. Or iPhone Tokyo Drift. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Apple Watch. They've got a new Apple Watch, and I always I have this theory about the Apple Watch that it's just for women who get bored when they're giving hand jobs. Um, <laughs> just something to look at. Um, maybe on the other wrist actually. Um, <laughs> look at me trying to work out how you give a hand job. That's the most <laughs> awful bit of that. Could Clearly I don't do it. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> but it's like performing with John Oliver all over again. Uh, who here has seen uh, the, uh, the Mark Wahlberg's daily schedule? Uh, this has been, uh, uh, I believe the term has gone viral uh, this week. Well, we offer you an alternative, Bugler's uh, daily schedule. 9am, <laughs> wake up. 9 35 a.m. get up nine forty a.m. go back to bed ten fifty five a.m. wake up again. Eleven AM, put the cricket on the telly. Eleven oh one AM, remember that the cricket already finished yesterday, go back to bed. Eleven forty five AM, wake up, watch yesterday's cricket highlights on a laptop. 1 p.m. lunch interval. one40 p.m. afternoon session brackets kip. 3.40 p.m. tea. 4 p.m. get up. Invite Mark Wahlberg around for biscuits and scrabble. Act disappointed when you when he tells you he's doing his four p.m. workout. Tell him he can have his 5pm shower at your house. Call him a prick when he hangs up after saying, who are you and how did you get my number? 4.15pm to 7.30pm, general hanging around. 4.31pm, ring Mark Wahlberg again. (laughs) One minute after his scheduled bedtime. Say you're disappointed he won't come out to the pub quiz because it's past his bedtime. Ask him if he's got his special snuggly blanket in the bed with him and whether he's excited about the tooth fairy. 8.15, 8.40, 9pm, 9.15pm and 9.40pm, ring Mark Wahlberg with with questions from the pub quiz, repeatedly saying, Sorry, Bergman, I forgot you've gone to bed because I thought you were an adult. (laughs) 10.45pm, ring Mark Wahlberg. Tell him it's last orders in the pub, and is he sure he doesn't want a cheeky pint in a game of pool? <laughs> Reply, no, you f off, and ask him why he's operating his schedule as if he's living in the UK's time zone. Say, <laughs> so, yes, that is why your kids' school was confused when you turned up at 7.30am to pick them up. 11pm, late night sport watching. 12am, sacrifice oxter's use. 12.15am to 3am, general time wasting. 3am, bedtime. 3.15am, wake up, look up some cricket statistics online. <laughs> 5.45am, bedtime again, and repeat. So there's, there's your Bugle daily schedule. Right. Um, uh, if you've enjoyed this show, there is another live Bugle here in this venue on the uh, Thursday the 14th of November. Correct? Probably. Yes. Uh, with... Uh, <laughs> With Nish and Felicity Ward, uh, so I do come along to that. Um, or come to the one in Dublin on the 8th of October. <laughs> or my stand-up gig in Toronto on the 20th of October. Anyway, come to the lot. Keep that in the edit. Uh, so, um, uh, shall we do, let's do a very quick food and drink section, because there have been some sensational food and drink stories uh, this week, including a very exciting development for space.
1: Oh, yes. Um... There is an exciting development in space involving champagne, but I don't feel that I'm the person to explain this. So uh, I'd like to introduce a little segment that we call Scottish Boyfriend Explains a Thing. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't get any less horrific the the more you hear it. Okay. (laughs) The mum champagne hoose this week tested a specially designed champagne bottle for use in zero-gravity situations. They took to the skies in an Airbus Zero G plane, which uses parabolic flight paths to simulate zero gravity and gives the impression of weightlessness. The specially designed champagne bottle uses the naturally occurring carbon dioxide of the champagne to scoosh out a bit of champagne as a foam, sort of like floating blobs of alcoholic jizz, that rich c***s fly a boot and try and catch in their mooths. It's impossible to read. Essentially, it's written in Scottish. Essentially, what you'd imagine the Bullingdon Club to be like, only in space. I'm not sure how much a bottle costs, but considering it's only available in f***ing c- space, chances are it's out of the reach of plebs like us. <laughs> Probably can't even get your deposit back on your techno bottle. And even if you could, I doubt there's a corner shop on the moon that accepts glass checks. Prex! <laughs> anyway, we need
0: to, to move on, because we are running out of time. Um, uh, and uh, also, it is ten years to the second since uh, the credit crunch. Um, uh, and it seems that we, we, sh- we should... We should... <laughs> We should reflect upon this momentous
1: <laughs>
0: decade anniversary. Ten years ago, the financial world was going economic short-termism arse over casino banking tit, <laughs> to uh, to put it in layman's terms.
1: Hey.
0: <laughs> um, anyway... Um, uh, I was talking to this about a friend who's an economist and uh, he was uh, looking at trying to find lessons from history. He was looking at a newspaper from uh, 1911 to see if we could learn any lessons. The headlines were about a nasty virus doing the rounds that led to the king banning people from clearing their throats and a famous expedition party arriving in Antarctica in a boat to try to reach the South Pole. The headline said Royal bands cough Scotland's. <laughs> Anyway, he uh, he worked in a mortuary, my mate, uh, and he. But it was not a top grade mortuary at all. He, and he he started when I mean, he was he was graying in the hair and he's looking haggard and wrinkled. And he said, "I will tell you, Andy, it's exhausting working here in this not very good mortuary. I feel ten years older." Yep, working in a subprime morgue ages you. Actually,
1: stung James's <laughs> face.
0: Sorry, I can't bail out now.
1: Uh, <laughs> Put your money where
0: your mouth so, uh, is. So to uh, to try and relax, him we went to play snooker, and he did. Uh, he didn't want to play a game, so he just practiced doing shots off the uh, the, the like the elongated thing with the cross on the end. Uh, he was very happy with it. He said at the end, uh, "Andy, that was a great rest session, rest session, Rece- Okay, no, that's the correct <laughs> response. So we then went to a. Uh, he went on and on then, talking uh, talking really really fast, but not very interesting about how uh, you should steep your tea leaves in a pot and not just use a bag. He gave it his full proper tea bubble. Oh. <laughs> Property tea babble oh, no. oh. so we went to a pub quiz and there were three questions uh, through it on sport and one on politics the questions were which England all-rounder was a key player in the 2005 Ashes which hot-tempered headband-wearing American left-handed tennis player lost and then beat Beyond Borg in the finals of the 1981 Wimbledon men's singles finals which Dutch housewife won four gold medals at the non- 1948 London Olympics and who is the current Prime Minister of the UK he shot out straight away with the answers Freddie, Mac, Fanny, May oh,
1: yeah. thank you
0: So anyway, he tried recreating the conditions of the banking crisis uh, crisis, using laboratory animals to see if they would make the same mistakes as humans, but none of them were stupid enough to make it happen again. He started with the smallest animals, then got bigger. Mice had several attempts, but couldn't do it. So too the cats, they couldn't do it. And the monkeys couldn't do it either. Right, he said, there's only one thing for it. It's the bear's (laughs) turns." Bear's turns. This is how they colonised us, in case (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you're wondering. It was was friends... uh, Friends are uh, also with Great Britain's most famous jockey from the 1980s. Um, great, great horseman, uh, but he couldn't tell the difference between wild animals based on the sounds they made. On safari, I went on safari with him to get away from the economic crisis. In the middle of the night, he heard a bellowing sound. Shit, Andy, is that a giraffe? No, Mr. Piggott, it's an elephant noise. Then there was a roar. Yikes, said the pint-sized 11-times champion jockey. That must have been a crocodile. No, I said, it was a lion sound, Lester. A lion, a lion sound, Lester? A lion sound, Lester? <laughs> Anyway. Well, he's flushed
2: sh- a
1: dismount there. I, should- <laughs> I, should- <laughs> that was, I we think we need a stepladder for the yeah. reach on that one.
0: So he had some suggestions of how to stop it happening again. Uh, he said we should leave it to the robots. I responded, AIG. That's a risk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cook's really destroying Hope here. He's the- been at the crease for at least <laughs> 40 minutes.
0: <laughs> uh, and then he, um, uh, he said that we should, uh, should, should, should threaten... Uh, Sadiq Khan to try and get the city of London into line because uh, he reckoned that then the, uh, the Sadiq Khan would back down and I said, what you think the Merrill Flinch? Mer- Merrill Flinch? <laughs> <laughs> Merrill Flinch? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, I spent five days at a cricket match. I'm not thinking right. And finally, apparently he told me that, uh, this, that this is very interesting. Top presidents, apparently, uh, top presidents of America, many of them scared of uh, farm animal noises. He told me that uh, Le- Lincoln would get nervous when he heard a pig. Thomas Jefferson hated the sound of chickens, and the first president of the USA got shivers at the mere prospect of hearing a cow. I said, "Let me write those down: Lincoln, oink, shudder; Jefferson, cluck, fear; Washington, mute, Washington, mu- moochill. chill." I and mean, that was one of the big bank collapses: was- Washington Mutual. I mean, it- <sighs> Jesus! I'm mean, going to really, really needed to end on something a little bit better than that. Right, okay, that brings us to the end of this bugle, and I, th- I think we're all relieved about that. Um, so we were contractually obliged to do an hour-long show, and we've done an hour and 15 minutes, so if you could uh, just ignore the least funny 15 minutes that you've seen, whatever they may contain. Uh, i we be most, uh, most grateful. Uh, thank you very much uh, for coming to the Leicester Square Theatre. Thanks to the Leicester Square Theatre for, uh, for having us. Uh, live bugle show's coming up, if you're listening the 7th seventh- Of October in Salford, the 8th of October in Dublin, and back here in uh, the Les Square Theatre on the 14th of November. Please show your appreciation for the wonderful Tiffany Stevenson (laughs) and James (laughs) Nakise. Chris the producer. Until next time, Buglers, goodbye. Listen now.